0: Yora and welcome to Requisite Words. I'm Peter Ravlich, and you're listening to a podcast about poetry. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach when feeling out of sight. For the ends of being... And ideal grace. I love thee to the level of every day's most quiet need. By sun and candle light. I love thee freely. As men strive for right. I love thee purely. As they turn from praise. I love thee with the passion put to use in my old griefs, and with my childhood's faith. I love thee with the love I seemed to lose with my lost saints. I love thee with the breath, smiles, tears of all my life, and, if God choose, I shall but love thee better after death. Sonnet 43, by Elizabeth Barrett Browning, is better known by its first line, How do I love thee, let me count the ways, which has inspired hundreds, if not thousands, of later works. As you might surmise, this is a continuation of the last episode, where I shared some poems that have had an ongoing impact in the worlds of literature, film, art, and generally works that still carry, or even accumulate, cultural capital today. In the case of Sonnet 43, which we've just shared, the collection it comes from, Sonnets from the Portuguese, in fact has very little to do with Portugal. Browning wrote the sequence of poems to chronicle her relationship with her husband, Robert Browning, and considered them a little too personal or too intimate to share. When both Robert and others encouraged her to publish the poems, the eventual compromise was to publish them as a series of ostensible translations, resulting in the the very thin conceit and the name. Playing into the theme of influence and inspiration, I'd like to follow Elizabeth Barrett Browning with Emily Dickinson, who cited Browning as one of her own influences. Because I could not stop for death. Because I could not stop for death, he kindly stopped for me. The carriage held but just ourselves, and immortality. We slowly drove, he knew no haste, and I had put away my labour and my leisure too, for his civility, we passed the school where children strove at recess in the ring. We passed the fields of gazing grain. We passed the setting sun. Or rather, he passed us. The Jews drew quivering and chill. For only gossamer my gown, my tippets only chule. WE PASSED BEFORE A HOUSE THAT SEEMED A SWELLING OF THE GROUND, THE ROOF WAS SCARCELY VISIBLE, THE CORNICE IN THE GROUND. SINCE THEN, TIS CENTURIES, AND YET FEELS SHORTER THAN THE DAY, I FIRST SURMISED THE HORSES' HEADS WERE toward ETERNITY. If that's a poem you enjoy, you may want to skip ahead about 30 seconds, because I might be about to ruin it for you forever. A recent derivative work uh, by Randall Munro of XKCD points out that any poem written in the common meter, such as that one, can be put to the tune of Gilligan's Island. I'm so sorry, but I did warn you. One of the tropes that underpins art from the beginnings of history is the self-referential concept of the artwork itself as a form of limited but accessible salvation or immortality. And while it isn't the first example of sand being used to illustrate this concept, the following piece is one of the more influential ones, and certainly would have been well known to later writers like Shelley when he penned Ozymandias. Amoretti 75 by Edmund Spenser. One day I wrote her name upon the strand, But came the waves and washed it away. Again I wrote it with a second hand, But came the tide and made my pains his prey. Vain man, said she, that dust in vain assay, a mortal thing, so to immortalize. For I myself shall like to this decay, And eke my name, be wiped out likewise. Not so, quote I, Let baser things devise to die in dust, But you shall live by fame. My verse, your virtues rare, shall eternize, and in the heavens write your glorious name. Where, when as death, shall all the world subdue, our love shall live, and later life renew. While we're speaking of derivative works, and the probable, certainly the figurative, uh, link between Amoretti 75 and Ozymandias. I have to give another mention to Randall Munro's XKCD webcomic, which also published a strip based on the recursive nature of Shelley's sonnet. I haven't made an excuse to share Ozymandias since episode 2, I just checked, Uh, So, because it's a favorite of mine, and also because it's highly visible in modern pop culture, ranging anywhere from Alan Moore's Watchmen to Breaking Bad, I'm just going to make the most of this opportunity. I met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them in the sand half-sunk a shattered visage lies, Whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command Tell that it sculptor well those passions read, Which yet remain stamped on these lifeless things, The hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appear, When it comes to influence, perhaps an easily overlooked uh, downstream effect of a text is on its own title, which is usually settled long after the ink has dried. With that in mind, I'd like to conclude this episode with another of Elizabeth Barrett Browning's sonnets from the Portuguese. The eventual title of the sequence was actually based on a pet name within their relationship And this particular sonnet, number 33, offers us a bittersweet reflection on loss, growth, and the power of an intimate name. Yes, call me by my pet name. Let me hear the name I used to run at. When a child from innocent play. And leave the cowslips piled. To glance up in some face that proved me dear with the look of its eyes. I miss the clear, fond voices, which, being drawn and reconciled into the music of heavens undefiled, call me no longer. Silence on the bier, While I call God, call God, so let thy mouth be ear to those who are now exanimate gather the north flowers to complete the south, and catch the early love up in the late. Yes, call me by that name, and I, in truth, with the same heart, will answer and not wait. Requisite Words is an Inklings production by Peter Ravlich. Opening music is Bee Chillin' by Alexander Nakarada. Find out more at inklings.co.nz or follow us on Twitter at Requisite Words.